0: So our first message will be from Reg Noland, and is entitled, Jars of Clay. Well, next weekend is Pentecost. This must be Day 42. 42? 42 is the answer to light, the universe, and everything. At least according to um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay, um, Brian, do we have the uh, uh, first slide? The table? Yeah, that's it. Okay, um, now I'm going to read off these. Oxygen, 43 kilograms. Carbon, 16 kilograms. Hydrogen, 7 kilograms. Nitrogen, 1.8 kilograms. Uh, calcium, 1.2 no, 0 kilogram. Phosphorus, 780 grams. Potassium, 140 grams. Sulfur, 140 grams. Sodium, 100 grams. Chlorine, 95 grams. Uh, Magnesium, 19 grams. Uh, Iron, 4.2 grams. Uh, 2.6 grams of fluorine. 2.3 of zinc. Uh, 1.0 grams of silicon. uh, 0.68 of rubidium. uh, 32 of strontium. Uh, 0.26 of bromine, uh, 0.12 of lead, uh, 72 milligrams of copper, 60 milligrams of aluminum, 50 of cadmium, uh, 40 of cerium, 22 of barium. That's what you do with chemistry, you know your barium never mind, Uh, 20 of iodine, 20 of tin, uh, 20 of titanium, 18 boron, 15 nickel, uh, 15 selenium, uh, 14 chromium. Uh, The list goes on and on and on. They get down even to microgram. uh, Like, for example, uh, there's 50 micrograms of samarium or 36 of beryllium or 20 of tungsten. What a list. I didn't read all of them, but you can get the idea of what this list is, right? Anyone know what it is? These are the elements that make up a human body. That's what these are. What an assortment of elements together they comprise the elements of the human body, more specifically of a 70 kilogram 154 pound human body. They're also what we find in a load of dirt in a load of dirt. We human beings are, to, uh, for all my fellow Trekkies out there, uh, ugly bags of mostly water. Okay, Indeed, the adult male body is about 60% water, while babies are about 73% water. No, that's not an error. Contrary to reason, as it may seem, babies have actually have more water, a higher percentage of water in their body uh, than do adults. I guess we dry out and go crusty as we get older, right? Okay, the remaining portion of the human body consists of the various elements that I just read. So if we were to mix all of these together with about 60% water, you know what we'd have? Clay. We'd have clay. So we human beings are really... Jars of clay, which matches exactly with the description given of us in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. You see, human beings are a unique creation. All the other be animals came into being by the spoken word of God alone, by fiat. He said, Let there be an elephant, let there be a cuttlefish, let there be a squid, let there be platypi, whatever that means. They came into being. By the spoken word of God. But not quite so a human being. But to create the human being, God's children, he had to get his hands dirty. That's appropriate, don't you think? Had to get his hands dirty. So he knelt beside one of the four rivers that flowed through Eden and formed man from the dust of the earth. This is Genesis uh, 2 verse 7. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life and man became a living being. Notice the sequence. God forms the artifact first, and then transforms it into a living being by breathing the breath of life into our nostrils. So we are the product of both Mother Earth and our Heavenly Father. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. God said, let us, note by the way that it's plural here, let us, so it's plural Uh, Make God in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps in the air on the earth. And so God. Now let me give a little bit of background here on the word God to use in this case. This is uh, uh, Strong's uh, H430 which is Elohim, and Elohim is a plural noun, and that means that there were at least two beings, exactly two beings, to be more precise, in the beginning. Uh, If I jump ahead to John uh, 1, verses 1 through 3, then we recall that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now notice those two uses of the word God. They're the same word, in the Greek is theos, But they have two different senses to them. when it says with God, then you're talking about a separate entity. That's independent of the first one. But he was with, but it says he was God. It's talking about a species or, or a type of being. So he was with God as a person and he was God as a type of being. So it has two senses to the word there. Okay, um, he, he was in the beginning with God. All things uh, were made through him, and without him there was nothing that was made. Okay, back to Genesis uh, 27 now. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him, male and female created he them. Unlike the rest of the cosmos, called into existence by nothing but fiat. By The spoken word of God. Human beings were formed from existing material. We didn't come into being just by being spoken into being. We came into existence from from pre-existing material. Shaped into the image of God as his children and made alive with the breath of life. The Bible Knowledge Commentary notes, I'm quoting here, The work of the Lord in creating human life involved both fashioning from the dust, and in breathing. The word form is from Yasser in Genesis 2-7, describes the work of an artist like a potter shaping the earthen vessel from clay. So God formed man from clay. Man was made by divine plan. He was also made from earth. He is earthy in spite of the subsequent dreams of being like God. The Hebrew for man, Adam, uh, hence Adam in Genesis 2 is related to the word ground. In fact, um, if you wanted it more overt, uh, if you go to Genesis 3:19, I'm just referring to this one. I'm not actually going there. Uh, but it says, "For dust you are, and for dust you shall return." Likewise, a similar comment is made in oh, uh, Job Job 34:15 and Psalms 104:29, Ecclesiastes 3:20, um, Ecclesiastes 12:7. All, by the way, uh, we'll be starting our study on Ecclesiastics this Tuesday night in the Bible study. I heartily encourage everyone to attend. Okay, um, So, to dust, from dust you came, or dust you are, dust you shall return. God's breathing the breath of life into man transformed him, him, his form into a living being, a living soul. This made man a spiritual being with a capacity for serving and fellowshipping with God. Now, if we lose our connection to the earth, we lose our grounding, then we become adrift in the world, floating aimlessly um, without anchor. Uh, Job acknowledges our earthiness, but seems amazed that God would give us life, give life to the clay, only to bring it down to dust again. He senses that God has a greater plan for mankind. Job 10, verses 8 and 9. Your hands have made me and shaped me together all round; yet you destroy me. Yet you should bring me back to dust. Remember, I beseech you that you have formed me as the clay and you will bring me to earth, uh, bring me to the dust again. That's a question there. Why would you do this effectively? Job 33, verses 4 and 6. The Spirit of God made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. If you can, answer me. Set yourself in order before me and stand up. Behold, I am toward God even as you are. I am formed out of the clay. Isaiah echoes a similar uh, status before God. Isaiah twenty-nine sixteen. Surely you have things turned around. Shall the potter be esteemed as the clay? For shall the thing that made say to him who made it, he, um, he did not make me? Or shall the thing formed say to him who formed it, He has no understanding? And that is like saying, Is the thing created greater than the thing that did the creating? That's absurd. Yet, that's exactly what is happening in academia today. Evolutionists denying the evidence of design, of the interdependence of species, of the master plan of God, of creatures that were created by God to serve man, preserve for just such a time as this, producing toxins and venoms to be transformed into cures for our diseases for this modern age. That's what's happening right now. The scientists are denying the evidence of the design that we see all around us. Isaiah continues in, verse, in chapter 64, verses 6 through 9. But we are like an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. And there is no one who calls upon your name, who stirs himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have consumed us because of our iniquities. This could be addressed to the modern nation of America, couldn't it? But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are our potter. And all we are the work of your hand. Do not be furious, O Lord. Nor remember our iniquity forever. Indeed, please look, for we are your people. This potter clay motif is a recurring theme throughout Scripture. Indeed, God uses the potter's house as a metaphor to teach Jeremiah a lesson. If you turn to Jeremiah eighteen, it's probably the most famous of these images uh, of of these metaphors in in Scripture. Um, Jeremiah eighteen verses one through six. The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of the clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Says the Lord. Look at the clay. Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Now, there are several things we need to note from this passage. First, God is the potter and has complete authority and control over what happens to the clay. He can remake the clay in any form for any purpose that he desires. Number two, uh, we human beings in general, and the house of Israel in particular, comprise the clay and are dependent upon God for a purpose, to become the children of God. Now I'm going to go beyond what President Biden says, and I'm going to go to number three. He always does number one and number two, but never gets to number three. I don't know why that is. Okay, Number three, the clay is identified as the house of Israel. Number four, we do not become spiritual beings until he breathes into us the breath of life. Would you agree to those ideas? Okay. These are not difficult concepts to grasp. But have any of you ever extended this relationship into what happened on the day of Pentecost? This is my pre-Pentecost message. With the birth of the church... Go to Acts 2, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to leave the rest of it for next week for you guys, but verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in, the pl- in one place. And suddenly there came forth a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with one another uh, with other tongues as the Spirit gave them evidence. Here we find the body of the church, the clay, as the house of Israel gathered together in one place, but not yet alive. Then a rushing mighty wind, the Holy Spirit, the breath of life, filled the house and bestowed upon them tongues of fire which allowed them to communicate with each other even though they spoke uh, different language. Now this is not just speaking in tongues. Rather it is a miracle in both the hearing and the speaking. And the only way that will be possible at the same time is through telepathy. So what would have, be, have to be happening at this point in order for them to be speaking and hearing the same concepts, the same ideas, while they're speaking different languages? The apostles were speaking different languages, and the people from the audience were hearing something completely different. That's a miracle in both the speaking and the hearing. And the only way that can happen is direct mind to mind communication. Where's my cowbell? That Okay, I need to ring on that one. Okay. With that mighty rushing wind, God is effectively reenacting the genesis event of creating human life by breathing the breath of life into the church. They They are, at that moment, just jars of clay, human vessels. But when the mighty rushing wind runs through that that home, that temple. that. Then they become living beings and the church becomes a living being. Go to 1 Corinthians 15 verses 45 to 49. And so it is written the first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. How be it that was not First, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And as as is the earthy, so are they that are earthy. As is the heavenly, such are they that are also heavenly. As we have borne the image of the earthly, we we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. The artifact has been formed. We just need to breathe the breath of life. Um, This is the plan of God. To reproduce himself through human beings over time. John states that a little bit more plainly and more outright back in 1 John 3, 1 through 2. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, Because it did not know him. Beloved, now are we children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Speaking of Jesus as the firstborn, Paul says in Colossians 1, verses 15 to 18, He is the image of the invisible God. The image of the invisible God. The firstborn for all over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and are in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things are were created through him and for him. And he is the before all things, and in all things, uh, con- and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. We are the church. We are the hope in earth. Jars of clay for noble or lesser purpose made living beings and are children of God by the mighty rushing wind of Pentecost. Vessels, be filled, be filled.